Hey everybody, got a special episode this week. We recorded this the week of the hurricane, but because of all the um, internet shortages and power outages, we weren't able to upload it. So um, now that the church staff is in Houston this week, we thought it'd be a great opportunity to upload this podcast and let you hear it. Next week, we'll probably have a recap on the New Room Conference and the Foundry Network Gathering. So we'll look forward to talking to you about that soon. But right now, enjoy the episode. Welcome to the 167 Podcast, a podcast to inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Our goal is to help you live into the 167 hours of your week away from church. And now your host, Shannon Patterson. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 151 of the 167 Podcast. I'm your host, Media Pastor Joshua Harrell, and like not always, I'm here with my friend, our kids pastor and middle school pastor and church administrator and, I don't know, what else? Uh, Kristen Bimbry. Yay, hi guys. I'm... Hey Kristen, how's it going? I am doing so good. You might have to add that to your soundboard so you can... Um... Uh, you have to be here more than twice well, a year. Okay, maybe maybe I should come more than twice a year then. <laughs> she just shook her head no. No, please don't make me do that more than twice a year. <laughs> oh, I'm well, so glad you guys love the podcast, but I feel weird when I'm in here. I don't know why. It's, I, I don't. It's it's always a blue sky. It is. It's you know? lovely in here. There's a skylight. But yeah, and I've added me, a fancy table. It, it it's really nice in here. I just it's not my usual space, so I feel. Yeah. Awkward. I need some tchotchkes. Oh yeah, a little wall. I could do that for you. Yeah, I I could use some. We could use some tchotchkes in here. The decorating. Yeah. So what's going? So you're here because Pastor Shannon is feeling a little under the weather. She's wetter. Wetter. Yeah, a little under the weather. (laughs) Tomorrow she might be a little wetter. We will all be under the weather because we're filming this or we're recording this on Tuesday, and the hurricane hasn't hit yet, and hopefully. it's still okay to make a joke about it when this airs on Thursday. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes, please. <laughs> but she's a little under the weather, under the weather today. I, so, And I hate skipping episodes. I know, I was like, just play the best of the porch podcast. And he's like, no, record with us. And I was like, yeah. okay. So, here we are. Here I am. With very, very little preparation. Very little. So what's going on with you, Kristen? What? So the school year started. Yes. And so we're back to... All the things with Porch Kids, like Correct. Sunday morning Porch Kids, we're back with two services of that. We're back with Wednesday night Porch Kids. You're back with Salt. Yep. yep. How's everything going? Well, it's going really great. We have a great group of kids who come on Sunday mornings. We have a great group of kids on Wednesday nights and Sunday nights, so middle school and elementary school. Um, and we're kind of talking about the same thing in both groups. I figured if I was going to plan lessons, let's... Let's try to get some consistency here, especially for families. So we're spending the semester talking about Jesus because he's a pretty important guy. Yeah. Know? He's kind of the big guy around here. So um, we are just starting with his birth and we'll... But it's uh, August. I know, which is really kind of fun. I was like, I'm going to do Christmas in August. So we are spending... We haven't quite gotten to the birth of Jesus yet, but Angel Gabriel has visited us. Mary's visited Elizabeth, and so we are kind of gearing up for Christmas early, which I really like because during December, we are so rushed. We're so hectic. We stop attending because we are 
um, you know, breaking for school and holidays and things like that. And it just always feels so rushed. So like we are really getting to spend like six or eight weeks talking really specifically, really deeply about what happened when Jesus was born. Mm -hmm. And you're actually able to talk about like top uh, parts of the story that you normally don't get to in Christmas. Right. You want to talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. Like the kids were blown away that an angel came and visited Mary and an angel came and visited Joseph and that an angel came and visited Elizabeth and her husband. And like, it was a big deal. Like all of these people had angels come and visiting them because Jesus is a big deal. And that's just part of the thing that we always kind of skip over. An angel came and visited Mary and then the baby was born. But there's like a whole story behind it. And, you know, there's Elizabeth and her husband, Zachariah. And, you know, he didn't get to talk for a while because he didn't believe. Like it's just, it's those stories that we know as adults and we've heard them all, but we don't always give them the time and the energy because the season that we're in when we, I'm using air quotes here, typically celebrate it, aren't, um, it's just too busy. And so we got to hit the really high points and the lesser details just kind of get left alone. Yeah. And it's funny because none of this actually happened at Christmas. Right. So, I mean, it so doesn't. You're probably closer in time. They probably really did go in September because, you know, the weather was good. Yeah. Maybe. So, uh, we're talking about kids and all that good stuff. So, me having a five-year-old and a three-year-old, she had her birthday yesterday, so Caroline is Happy now birthday, three. Happy birthday, Caroline. But one thing that I realize is, yes, and you mentioned it, we've all heard these stories, but it's really hard to kind of teach our kids, mm-hmm. a, a, out of fear of you don't want to teach them wrong, so you just don't do it at all. Right, Or right. you feel... Like, you're not good enough to do it. Yeah, I can see that. And they're like, and you're busy. Like, there's so many things you also have to, like, make sure get done. You know, they need fed. They need this. They need that. And so, you know, you're at work all day long. And by the end of the day, you're tired. I get it. It's like, it's sometimes, I I hate to say this, but sometimes it feels like it's one more thing that we have to do. Oh, they'll get that at church. But I think we, we forget that our kids are, um, you know, that's our goal with our kids is to teach them the Bible, because if we as parents don't teach them that, then who is? I mean, yes, I have Bible knowledge as porch kids pastor, and I obviously would never try to steer kids wrong, but there's going to be a lot of people and a lot of influence in their lives. And I always want at the end of the day to see a parent have that top role as influencer in their life over me or Shannon or any of us who are here at church, I want them to go to their parents first and then to their kids because that's the most, you're the most important relationship in their life other than Jesus right now. Okay. So out of fear of like not wanting to screw up my kids. So what's a good place for me to start with with teaching them Christian basics? The best place for you to start as a parent is obviously spending time with God yourself and talking to him and seeing kind of what you want what God is showing you and how you can use that to raise your kids. And I think if that is your basis and that's your background, you're not going to screw up your kids. I mean, we're all probably going to mess up mine. I've got a fund saved for my 14-year-old's therapy later on. I'm sure he'll (laughs) appreciate that. So, like, we've got to stop this mindset of we're going to ruin our kids. We're, We're not. If we are basing our parenting in biblical truth, We're going to mess up, but we're not going to ruin our kids. We're not going to teach them, have to put them in therapy um, later on. That's, we've got, like, we laugh at that, but we've got to stop that mindset of 
ruining our kids. Because if we put God first and we put our marriages and our families first, things are going to fall into place. And we have to trust that process, which is really hard when we don't have something tangible to hold on to with that, I think. Mm -hmm. So, but, you know, with that, you know, we don't have something tangible. Resources help. Yeah, give us Um, something tangible. (laughs) And my... My favorite resource right now for families, for kids, is the Jesus Storybook Bible. And I don't have the author in front of me. She is fantastic. It is a children's Bible. It's beautifully illustrated. Um, But what I really, really like about it is um, all of the stories, by the end of it, point back to Jesus. They um, So many kids' Bibles are just like, here's Noah's Ark. Here's Jonah and the whale. And they're all these individual encapsulated tales that these kids hear, but they don't show you the big picture. And the Jesus book, Jesus Storybook Bible shows you the big picture, which I think is amazing. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> she just, like, that was an abrupt stop. Sorry, I told him I'm really bad at this. I say the words and then I stop the word. <laughs> Um, the other thing that's really, really great about the Jesus Storybook Bible is if you were to go online and whatever the title of the first one is, so the creation story, and you type that title in, there's a video for that. There's a lesson. There's activities. There's games you can play with your kids that kind of take that um, that story and take it to the next level for kids, which mm-hmm. I've used a lot in Porch Kids on Wednesday nights. So if your kid comes to Porch Kids, they're probably familiar with some of that curriculum, some of those videos. But again, they are fantastic. Even I sit and watch them and I go, wow, that all makes so much sense now. Mm-hmm. If you could um, say what are some... So we talked about kind of like the best form of Bible to use for mm-hmm. our kids. What are some of the best practices we can do to make practical um, implementation of Christianity in our kids' lives? Yeah, yeah. Um, That's a good question. We, as a family for us, and again, I'm a little bit ahead of you, Josh, so I've got a 14-year-old and a 12-year-old. We spend a lot of time in the car, obviously, and I'm sure most families do. Um, And that's kind of where we talk stuff um, out. We um, listen to music. There's... um, I cannot remember the name of the resource. I'll have to Google it right here real Caleb. quick. <laughs> it's not Caleb, which, I mean, that's fine for background noise, but it's scripture set to music for kids that they love it. Um, uh, it's not the James Earl Jones? No, but that might be cool. Um, the other thing we really, I really like to do is I listen to the Bible in a year, um, and most of the time my kids aren't really listening, except they are really listening, and so like later in the day that pulls out like little questions, little snippets about bigger topics that they haven't. So it's like always on and it's in the background and therefore like they're listening and they're processing it. Um, and then I always find the car's a good place to talk about big topics because nobody's like making eye contact and it can be a little less weird as you go through, you know, mm. bigger and harder questions. So the car's a great place to like talk about big things. Oh, that's really cool. Uh, one of the biggest <laughs> problems I have, I guess I'm a little hard of hearing, and <laughs> Adeline is really soft-spoken. Man, every time she tries to tell me something, it's like, you're going to have to talk louder. What? I can't hear you. Yep, and then we go, and then finally I go, forget it, we'll talk when we get home. 
Um, yeah, you might. Don't you have a microphone system? Didn't you talk not about that? Not in the that? truck. Oh, it's not a, in the truck. Okay, in the truck. Fine. It's an old truck. Yeah. Um, that I don't know about. Yeah. I mean, we That's, just we just got to work on her, her voice. I think as long as you're intentional about it later but on. I w- you know, honestly, I would completely agree with you. I would say not so much with Caroline, but with Adeline so mm-hmm. far. Uh, the deepest conversation seemed to happen in the car f- for me with her. I can't speak for Kara and her, but I know for me and her, it's usually the the truck. And um, we, uh, since it's my daddy's truck, we actually work out a lot of feelings about Papa and mm-hmm. and talk mm-hmm. about heaven and and where Papa is and yeah. all that kind of stuff. And and because it's the truck he left me, it's something that almost every day there's something about Papa and and eternity that we end up talking about because of the vehicle that we're getting in. So, right, it's a tangible item yeah. you can see and touch and feel. So even even not meaning to, you know, mm-hmm. my dad left a, a vehicle for, for you. <laughs> a mode to for, get there. For me and Adeline to discuss what happens, yeah. you know, in the afterlife and, and all that with um, knowing and loving Jesus and and knowing that we can be secure in ourselves in our salvation because of Jesus and, right, and right. so that's like so you're 100 percent right about the vehicle uh, when I can get her to talk loud enough that's right but then sometimes she's like you know she she'll start yelling and then it's just like she's yelling that she's sad and <laughs> like well dang oh man but no that's good I think that's a really good point too Josh is that we uh, shouldn't be afraid to talk to our kids about big topics like heaven and death and all of those things that I know sometimes make adults a little uncomfortable and make you go, do we want to talk about this? Um, but from what I found, kids can handle it. Like they have questions, they want to know more. And my favorite way to figure out how to like where your kid is or kind of what their specific answer is, is when they come to you with one of those big questions where you go, I don't, I, do I give them all the details? Do I give them none of the details? Do I tell them, you know, babies come from a stork kind of thing is to go, tell me what you think about that. Tell me what you know. And then when I realize what they know, I can kind of work backwards from that and say, oh, okay. So your real question is, you know, in regards to death and heaven is what happens during a funeral or, you know, what happens to my pet when they die? Like you're not, they, they don't always need the full scope of everything. They just have one or two questions. Mm-hmm. And then from there go, does that answer your question? What other question do you have? And then from there, like it really builds on it, but you're only providing them the information that they ask for and that they're looking for and not the whole scope of the adult topic that, what their question has, what it broaches when they ask that. So that's yeah. a good thing to remember too, is to always just kind of go, tell me what you think about that. What do you know? Mm-hmm. And then go backwards from yeah. there. It's not nearly as scary mm-hmm. that way. And then, so I guess uh, another question would be is what are thing? So we've talked about, you know, what, what a good Bible to read is and then a good place to talk about things are but what are good ways that we can actively participate in our child's faith yeah yeah um you know i think the biggest thing for me um is to um let your kids see you 
studying the Bible, reading the Bible. Um, I don't have memories of my parents or my family doing that. I mean, we were always in church. We were always, um, I mean, we were always doing the Jesus things and learning, but I never saw them like actively just sitting there and studying on their own. And I know that they did, but they probably did it in the quiet because they had four kids. It was a lot. Um, But I really try to like keep the stuff that I'm studying out. So it's my kids can flip through it. My kids can see it. And yeah, it's chaotic. And yeah, they've, they've torn up a couple of Bibles and they've, you know, ruined, you know, Bible studies or things like that. But they've also seen it. And I think sometimes we as adults think we need to have like this perfect moment where it's quiet and I have a coffee and I take a picture for Instagram and I'm like studying Jesus, (laughs) got my coffee. Um, But in reality, Jesus just wants us. And if that's in the messy with a toddler and or a middle schooler who's got a bad attitude, they are both they're both good and they both have value and our kids are seeing us work through things when we're tired, when we're aggravated and that it's just, it's always, always there. So, um, let them see you study, let them see you struggle, let them hear, I mean, obviously not super hard conversations, but let them hear your conversations with your spouse about how you're struggling or how you're working. Because when they realize that you have struggles, they're going to understand and realize that their struggles are okay. And whatever they have, mom and dad can help me work through my big feelings. Jesus is there to help me work through my big feelings. And he's not just someone we we worship on a Sunday morning and then we tuck away until next week. Mm-hmm. And somebody just walked I by. Know. <laughs> I don't know who that was. <laughs> But um, yeah, I I think see seeing us walk our faith is so vital for our Absolutely. kids because they <coughs> they see how much um, effort we put into it, and that's that's their gauge of how how much effort they need to put into mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. Like how important we make church is how is how important they make church. Yeah, and they make their faith. So. If we're not living it out, why would they? Right, exactly. If they can't if they can't see anyone who they love and care about doing what is the most important thing, they're going to base their lives on what you've determined is the most important thing. Whether that's oh, I'm gonna step on a toe when I say this football on Saturday mm-hmm. and you're too tired or you're out of town and um, I mean I love a good football game as much as anybody, or you know, I've heard sometimes parents are like, Oh, well, you didn't get your homework done. You can't go to student activities tonight. And I never want that to be, you know, the basis for our kids because, again, school is important. Mm-hmm. Family time is important. Football is great, but it's not Jesus. And any place where I can put my kid where I know that they are with a group of people who are going to love Jesus and worship Jesus and navigate through their lives, they're they're going to be better because of it. Because any of the other places that I've just named don't have Jesus first. And that makes it, I mean, the world tells them a lot of other things are way more important. And as parents, we have got to be diligent and carving out time every day, every week with our kids individually so that they can see the importance of our faith and putting Jesus first. Mm, that That's a fantastic point. We actually talked about that in our community group 
on Wednesday, um, not yesterday, the week before, because I'm assuming we didn't meet yesterday <laughs> because of the weather. But, you know, uh, I think that is awesome information, and I think there might be a listener go, yeah, that's great for a five- or six-year-old, but I have a middle schooler, and things they're dealing with are a little bit tougher. And you've, you're going on 18 months with the middle schoolers? Mm-hmm. Yep. Can you dive into a little bit? more in depth what maybe a middle schooler needs versus what sure. an elementary kid needs because it is different. It is different. You're right. It, it You know, it is different and it's not different. It's just a different level of engagement, a different level of information you can provide them. Um, they need to see you study. They need to see you pray. They need to see you worship, whatever that looks like for you and your family. Um, they need to see that. Um, they need a real tangible application for why they're doing this. I mean, like with with elementary school kids, with preschool kids, I really am just like, just the facts. Here's what Jesus did. Here's how you get to, this is how salvation works. This is how, you know, this is the Bible story of Noah and how it relates to Jesus and why it's in the Bible. But for middle schoolers, they really, really need to see why. If I, I mean, I thought toddlers asked why a bajillion times. My 14-year-old asks me why way more now than he ever did when he was three Um, because he needs to see the way that it fits into a real-life application so that he can apply it to his life. Um, And that's that's always a challenge because it seems like with middle schoolers, it it changes every single day. One day they're moody and need, want nothing from you, and other days they come and it's just a constant... They need everything. They need everything from you. Um... So it, it's always a, I always feel like I'm just tiptoeing around in my house going, okay, what do they need today? Is it just, they need me to not look at them or do they need a hug or do they need, you know, a hard life lesson and a serious talking to um, But they, they need to, they need to see it in an applicable way and they need more than anything. And this is probably really hard for me. They need to be valued as an almost adult. And that's a really hard place for me to like, because I'm like, you're 14, sit down and do what I say. But they need to be seen. They want to be seen as an adult. And I know that they're not. But when you can give them that little bit of, you know, in a conversation like you have with a friend or, you know, just an extra little bit of freedom that takes it to the next level. Like it's, I told this story to Ross, uh, my husband, the other day. We were on mission week, and the kids kind of waffle between calling me Miss Kristen and Kristen, and I'm from the north, so Kristen doesn't bother me uh, yeah. at all. But Ross, who grew up down here. It's Mr. Ross. It's Mr. Ross. It's Miss Kristen. There is no other option yeah. for me. And he's why do you let them do that to you? And I'm like, well, it's just all day long, they're told what they can do, when they can do it, why they can do it, and everybody's on them about everything. Them calling me Kristen, I just watch it give them just a little bit of freedom that doesn't really affect me in any way, shape, or form. And it's just one thing that they can have that, you know, is a relationship builder that they realize that I see them as an adult and a person. Mm. And, you know, that I value them 
And they're not just a name on a roll. They're not just a name on a roll. They're just not here as a seat filler. I'm just not here going, trying to talk. Like, I really want a relationship with them. And that's where, you know, they begin to see that people who have Jesus first are, are, are taking it out and making it real and using, you know, what they have from Jesus to teach other people. Mm-hmm. So, um, what, so if I'm hearing you correctly, you know, for little kids, um, just teaching them the foundational stuff with a little bit of application example is is most important right now. Yeah. But then when they hit the middle school age, they probably know most of the facts if if you've done the first step of it. Mm-hmm. So they need more application examples yeah, than they I, do for you to teach sure. you. Sure. And I hate like I like to put things in boxes. So when I hear that I'm like, okay, middle or elementary school in this box and preschool or middle school in this box, elementary over here facts application and it's not really quite that simple so don't ever think like oh well i'm showing my preschooler how to apply this to their life like they still need application yeah some of the i mean some middle schoolers still need facts the facts they don't know how we use paper bibles in there simply because they don't know where the book of matthew is Mm -hmm. in there and it's easy to find it on our phone and it's great that we have it but you know we need to make sure that they have the whole background the whole well-rounded well-roundedness yes yes so don't get so stuck in the application that you you realize that the kids don't well and I, I guess by what I mean by application is uh seeing application in the lives of their parent yes and yes. that is probably the most important thing for yes. them is seeing application of their parents investing time and making and making it real for the parent themselves will help make it real for the students. Right. If they can see you doing the things you're telling them to do, they're going to be much more willing to do those things too. You know, do as I say, not as I do. Wait, other way around. Do as I do, not as I say kind of thing. <laughs> do as I do, not as, not I, as I, say. I say. Right, yeah. yeah. That, they want to see you doing the things that they're telling them yeah. to do. Yeah, be, yeah. And, and I... And I think that's super important because that's pro church and faith is probably where I'm the weakest, you know, as living into it as, as strongly as I should compare it, you know, comparatively to, um, one thing that's very important to me is that since I have girls, I want them to make sure that they know what a loving husband looks Mm -hmm. like. Like I'm very adamant, intentional, intentional mm-hmm. about that. Where I I need to be more intentional about showing them what a Christ follower right looks like, right? Because if they don't see it at home with the people that they see every day, then then are they really seeing it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and it's just I like I said, I didn't see it, and it's not a rip on my parents. That's not um, that's not what I'm saying when I when I say I didn't see it. But it was foreign to me when I was older. So, like, for me to try to carve out that time, it it was harder to do because I just didn't have the background there. Um, so if we can just – if it is just constantly on the forefront of our brain, it's going to constantly be on the forefront of their brain. And I can't think of anything better that, like, stays in the front of their brain 
than Jesus and their faith. Right. Yeah, so, okay. Well, have we got kids figured out? Is there anything that we could do at home uh, that we haven't really touched on that Mm -hmm. would make um, a difference in raising our kids? I know one of the hardest things for me as a parent, and I don't know if it's because um, I'm self-conscious about my own prayers, but when I want to pray with the girls, they just say, well, you pray. Like yeah. how? Yeah. What is a good way to get oh. our kids active in prayer? That is a good question, and it's one I really struggle with as a parent, as a person myself. Um, I grew up in a church that, if you were going to pray out loud, it was a set of words that you said repeatedly. Yeah. Um, so again, up until not that much. I mean, within the last fifteen years, I'd be like, "You want to pray out loud? Absolutely not. I don't." So it's still one of those things that I kind of struggle with. And I think, again, it all comes back to it It doesn't matter the words you say. It doesn't matter if you stumble over them or if you repeat yourself. Just the opportunity to, to talk out loud to God. There's something different when you talk out loud to God in your normal conversation, not, not from the stage, not trying to be... You know, not trying to impress important people. Important sounding, not trying to, you know. Say the prayer of graduation. Do it all just right. But just to be like, God, this is what's going on. This is how I feel. And I let my kids do that. Even now, sometimes I'm like, what did they just say? But they're willing to pray out loud. And at 14 and 12 years old, I would have never done that. So even though it's not fancy, it's not pretty, it is, um, it's real and they get, they, they, they realize that that is important. Like to say what you're thinking out loud gives power to it instead of just like living in your head and swimming around. Mm-hmm. Um, so I pray a lot. I'm like, when we get to school, I'm like, do you want me to pray for you? And sometimes I just do. And they're like, mom, stop. But no, it's nothing fancy. It's have a great day. Help them love Jesus. Help them show Jesus I say it to them every, almost every morning, um, tell somebody about Jesus. And it's just a little, quick, one-line prayer that show them how to love like you. Show them somebody who needs you today, Jesus. Mm. And it's, again, just a constant thing that we have to do if we put it on the front, like studying or reading or worshiping in the car. Um, yeah, we take turns at dinner praying out loud. Um, I don't give them any guidelines for how to do it. A yeah. lot. We pray for a lot of protection at our house. Yeah. Make sure we're healthy. I'd like to pray for protection and keep us all safe, God, and protect us all. Amen. And food is never mentioned, and that's okay yeah. <laughs> at dinner, <laughs> especially when Ross cooks. No. <laughs> <laughs> is he that bad of a cook? No, he's actually a really good cook and cooks way more than I do. So uh, I'm very grateful for that because I really hate it. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so it's it's more about in n- not being the world's best prayer, but praying praying adamantly and intentionally and mm-hmm. frequently enough that it, the um, the uniqueness and the scariness of it just kind of wears off yeah, for your kids. That it's just normal. This is what we do. Um, you know, I think if I could sum all of this up, it's just being intentional that 
whatever prayer looks like for your family, whatever worship looks like, whatever study looks like for you. There's not a right or a wrong. I used to have to think that I had to get my Bible study done before 8 a.m. And that just isn't, it's not how I function. Um, So I'm intentional. I make sure my kids see it. I talk about it when I have things that bother me. And, you know, it's, it's not fancy. It's not flowery. Um, but it's real and it works. And I hope that I pray at the end of every day that they've heard something that had to do with Jesus and it makes them want him more. Mm. So, yeah. And honestly, I think if you summed up these last two podcasts, it's all about intentionality of keeping, um, faith at the forefront Mm -hmm. of whatever we're doing. Mm -hmm. And if we do that with our if we do that with our parenting, then that shows it to our kids. Correct. Correct. Yeah. And, and I, th- I think that's a great place to stop. And um, I think you talking for 30 minutes has been fantastic. <laughs> so I don't want to push my luck. <laughs> but I, I do want to give you the opportunity to uh, mention any maybe upcoming cool things that Porch Kids has coming up, any cool things that they're learning that you kind of want to highlight for our listeners. Um, like I said, we're, we're talking about all of the Christmas story right now. So be prepared for all things Christmas to come home in the next couple of months. Um, if you aren't plugged in on Wednesday nights, come and join us. We start at five 30, we eat together, uh, bring your own dinner. And, um, then we get started around six, six fifteen ish with a lesson and games and fun. And I have a really great time with the kids. I think the kids have a really great time because they keep coming back. Um, <laughs> <laughs> My girls love it. So, you know, I, it, it's just one of those things where you make it, you, you make time for it, you make it a priority. And, you know, as a team, we come alongside each other to figure it out. We, I don't have the, all the answers. You don't have to have all the answers, but we will spend time together and do life together and talk about Jesus and, just do our best because it's – I think the really most important thing is to re- just remember that it, it's our job to teach them about Jesus, but only he can save them. Like, mm. we don't ha- – it's not our responsibility. And when I took that off of myself as, like, I had to make sure they knew everything so that they could be saved, um, you know, that that was a, a weight off of my shoulders. So, you know, come and hang out with us. We're going to be messy. We're going to be loud on Wednesday nights. We're mm-hmm. going to have fun. Um, and we're going to talk about Jesus and make sure that they know how much he loves him. And then I'm going to let Jesus do what he does best to get them to heaven. <laughs> that, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, my, my girls love Wednesday nights. And I know most of the kids in our community group, uh, the kids of our community group love Wednesday nights. So yes. uh, you and your team of volunteers do a fantastic job. I have a great team of volunteers but they're always looking for more i was gonna say i wanted to give a shout out to the people who so faithfully give i've got a great team i've got some high school and college girls who give up every wednesday night for me and i'm just i'm grateful for that i have some moms who have become very very dear friends who um who serve with me on wednesday nights and if you ever think that hanging out with a bunch of really loud kind of sweaty kids is your jam come talk to me and i would love to have you come alongside me and you know teach these kids about jesus 
<laughs> and on that note, <laughs> we'll end it there. Thank you all for listening. Yes. Hopefully, um, Pastor Shannon will be back next week. Uh, we'll see you Sunday, and we'll talk to you soon. All right. See you. Bye. See you. Bye. You've been listening to the 167 Podcast. Join us next time for more insights to inspire, challenge, and encourage to help you live into the remaining 167 hours of your week.